0: Uh, helpful if you could have John chapter 1 before you as we come to consider it again. Question. When do you feel most authentically like a Christian? In church? When we sing? When we pray? When we hear God's word? When we sense God's presence? Perhaps it's when you're serving in God's acts of love, deeds of faith. Perhaps it's in your, in your personal <coughs> time at home when you, you have the Bible in front of you and you pray and you're just open and honest with God about who you are. And open and honest with God about who he is and what he's done and you get to praise him and worship him. I suspect we, we feel authentically like Christians varying extents and all of those experiences but can I tell you when I feel most authentically like a Christian or one of the places I feel most authentically like, like a Christian it's when I'm sharing Jesus with people who don't yet know Jesus it's when I'm bearing witness to Jesus and pointing people to the light of the world I never feel more alive than when speaking about Jesus. Genuinely. And and, and I've been thinking about it just this afternoon and wondering, why is that the case? It's not, trust me, it's not because I'm gifted. It's not even because I'm confident. Because sometimes when I'm speaking about Jesus, I get scared and nervous. I don't know what to say. I think I feel most authentically like a Christian when I'm speaking about Jesus because it's like he powerfully works in me in spite of me by his spirit. Gives me words to say. And there's just something so amazing when when you're able to share Jesus and offer people what they desperately need. Don't get me wrong, sometimes the hardest part about sharing Jesus, bearing witness to Jesus, is when you watch people reject them. And yet, even in those moments, as we're going to see in this passage, that's reality for the Christian. And there's always the other reality when you share Jesus and someone becomes a Christian. And as a student in Edinburgh there's a there's an area of Edinburgh called the, the Gate. It's where people go eh, for nightclubs and pubs every night. And Edinburgh City Mission used to take a group of us down and we used to just give out hot chocolate and we used to speak to people who were just going about their business late night and I remember one occasion, this was actually my first occasion out, this young lad, he was drunk, worse for wear, stopped off at the table. We got chatting and he says, can you just tell me about Jesus? I was like, wow, this has never happened. This is why we're here, but nobody invites it. So I took him to Ephesians 2 and I started walking through that passage. And it was incredible because he said, I believe. I want to be a Christian. And I, know, and I can still remember feeling so alive. Watching God in action as Jesus is held out in his word. Mighty to save. Well I begin by sharing that by way of introduction because in the passage we're looking at tonight we're going to look at John chapter 1 and focus particularly on verses 6 through 13. And it's really strange right because John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 we've been focusing on the theology of the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. We've been looking at this and then there's this abrupt change where John transitions and he just starts speaking about, he introduces us to this one called John. Is John the Baptist? He tells us why John the Baptist was sent. He, he came to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. And so tonight we're going to be thinking about John the Baptist as the witness to the light. And it's slightly different from this morning. Hopefully, we can this sermon will be a little bit more practical as, as, as we're challenged to think about ourselves as witnesses now it kind of makes sense even though it comes in quite abrupt that that after the author John unpacks for us who Jesus is that he would actually start talking about witnessing about Jesus witnessing bearing witness to Jesus see when you've been thinking about the greatness and the glory of Jesus you can't keep that to yourself Now interestingly in this context, before Jesus came into the world, and as Jesus came into the world, God raised up the final prophet of the Old Testament who would prepare the way for Jesus. Look at verse 6. There was a man. Now that's quite abrupt because we've just been thinking about the Word, who was God. Now here's a man. It's like John wants us to think about his origins. John the Baptist, do you remember his origins? He was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth just before Jesus was born. John the Baptist, you remember, uh, he, he was full of the Holy Spirit whilst he was in his mother's womb. He went for joy. You remember John the Baptist, he was the one who, who, who would go into the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey whilst proclaiming, A message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John the Baptist who was prophesied 700 years before he came into this world by the prophet Isaiah as the one who would prepare the way for the Lord. There was a man sent from God. See that word sent there is a key word in this gospel. It's going to appear more than 50 times. And it's often going to speak, actually, of Jesus being sent from the Father. And Jesus will say as well, just as the Father sent me to his disciples, so I am sending you. John the Baptist was sent from God. He had a divine commission, and his divine commission was to bear witness to Jesus, the light. There's maybe great differences between Jesus and John the Baptist, but there's, there's a similarity. They're, they're, they're both sent. And, Jesus, and John the Baptist was sent to bear witness to Jesus. Question. What comes to your mind when you think about that word witness? What's a witness? Well, 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 well John's using it here, in, in, if you like, in the, in the, in the legal sense. A witness is someone who gives testimony or provides evidence. And John's come to bear witness, to provide testimony that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And all throughout John's gospel, we're going to see John the Baptist doing just that, bearing witness to Jesus. In fact, we we, we read verse 15, John bore witness about him and cried out this was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. He will say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again and again John the Baptist will bear witness to Jesus. If sin is a word that's going to reoccur in John's Gospel, so is witnessing. John loves things in seven. So there's the seven I am saints. And there's going to be seven different witnesses to Jesus. There's going to be the Father himself, the Christ himself, the Holy Spirit. Christ works. There's going to be the witness of John the Baptist. It's going to be the witness of his disciples and others who come into contact with Jesus who will go forth and bear witness of him. Now, now, look at the end of verse, look at verse 7. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Why? That all might believe through him. Remember, we looked at the, the purpose of John's gospel this morning. We touched on it. John chapter 20, verses thirty-one, and thirty and 31. This gospel was written so that we might believe. In Christ and in believe in him have life. John the Baptist came so that we might, that he might bear witness to Christ and that people would believe in him. So again, John's preparing us for, for, for what's to come in this book. But then we get a verse eight. And at one level it seems a bit strange that, that we need this. He says, regarding John the Baptist. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now we, we know that John's not the light because in verses 1 and 5 we've been thinking about Jesus. And who, who is the light. But, but, but it's made really clear to us here, John the Baptist, he was not the light. Why? Because throughout this gospel, even some of John the Baptist's own disciples will ask, will think of him as the Christ. John the Baptist actually says in the section that follows, he has to say to his disciples, I am not the Christ. One of the tendencies of sinful humanity is to end up worshipping not the creator, but the created. One of the tendencies of sinful humanity is to be enamoured by those who are not the saviour, the redeemer. And so here we read, he was not the light, but he'd come to bear witness to that light. Remember Sam, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name, give the glory. and as we 're going through here, let me just say this: that 's so important for us practically speaking. When sharing the gospel, when bearing witness to Jesus, we don 't want to point people to ourselves. One of the means that you can share the gospel is to use your own testimony. And sometimes you can listen to people's testimonies and instead of Jesus being the heart and the hero of the story, sometimes it feels like it's the person. We're not to bear witness to ourselves. We are to bear witness to Christ. We must decrease. He must increase. John the Baptist came to bear witness to Jesus, the light. Now, let's go on, because what we see next is that there were two responses to Christ as the light of the world. Look at verse 9. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The first response we read about here is a response of rejection. This is astonishing. The way that John says it, it's with like pathos, he feels deeply saddened. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world which was made through him. The world did not know him. Think back to what we were thinking about this morning. We were thinking this morning about Jesus. The creator of this world. And I said what's that the significance of that? Well it means that we're his creation. We're accountable to him. Jesus made us wonderfully. Placed us in this world so that we might know Him and enjoy Him. And yet when Christ came into this world, we did not know Him. We rejected Him. The world here speaks about all of humanity and their rejection of Him. But, but it goes from bad to worse because look at verse 11. He came to His own. He came to God's people, Israel. His people. And they who had the covenants, they who had the law and the prophets, they who had the privileged have been reared and raised. In the Old Testament scriptures with all of the prophecies pointing to Jesus, they also rejected him. They did not receive him. Heads up for the rest of John's gospel, John is going to highlight again and again, The Jewish rejection of Jesus. How he came to his own people and they did not receive him. Worse than that, they were the ones responsible for having him crucified. And they were, they, and again I can make maybe a point of sobering truth, sobering application, sobering warning. Some of us have the privilege of growing up in church and Christian homes. Some of you might be here and you're not a Christian. You're rejecting Jesus. In light of all that you've heard, in light of all that you've been taught, Here we see that there are those who reject Jesus. It doesn't matter how privileged your background is. I suppose the question is, why did they reject him? Well, John chapter 3 gives us part of the answer. John chapter 3 verses 19 to 20. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who is evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Why the rejection of Jesus? Because men hated the light. They, they loved the darkness. They loved their evil deeds. See, one of the things about Jesus is, is, if you come to him, the light of the world, he will, at the start, he'll expose you for who you truly are. Maybe you remember this experience when you, you, before you became a Christian? You started to read the Bible You started to hear sermons And you felt like They were just unpacking who you are And you would feel Does the minister know everything about me? You see One of the experiences of, of, of the light of the world Is that he exposes us for who we truly are And sometimes that uncomfort causes us to run You know when you pick up a stone or a rock And underneath it are all those bugs You expose them to light They'll scatter that can be like people who, when exposed to the light of the world, run, scurry off, because they much prefer the darkness. The Lord Jesus Christ was rejected by his own. Can I make another point of application? in the context of bearing witness to Jesus, it will not be uncommon for you to be rejected. Not you personally, but the message you're presenting. In fact, they might even hate you because of the message you're presenting. John's Gospel, chapter 15, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you john the baptist who bore witness to jesus do you remember his end his end beheaded for speaking the truth in love and so one of the the realities of of, of being a christian is that we are called to bear witness to jesus but to know as the scriptures inform us people may reject him because they much prefer the darkness than the light okay then we get the final response verse 12 but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of the not of blood not of the will of the flesh not of the will of man but of God Here's, here's, here's the good news, right? Not everybody who hears the gospel is going to reject it. You and I, who are Christians, we are exhibits of that verified. We've come to receive Christ because we believed in His name. What does it mean to believe in the name of Jesus? It means to believe everything that's been revealed to us about him in the Bible. His name represents his character. We become children of God by believing in him, trusting him. By by faith alone, in Christ alone, because of grace alone, we are saved to the glory of God alone. Faith, not our good works, is what gives us the right to become children of God. It is a gift we receive so that none of us can boast. Now, I love that this verse unpacks because it says that we who become Christians, it's because we're born, not of the will, not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. It's interesting, John chapter 3, Jesus is going to speak to Nicodemus of his need to be born again. You played no part In being born as a human being. And you play no part in being born again. Jesus Christ is the one. Who has to regenerate us by his Holy Spirit. Make us alive to the things of God. Give us the gift of faith. That we might respond to him. The amazing truth that John presents about salvation. Is that we become Christians. Because we are born again. Because of the will of God. And so do you know what that means? None of us can be proud because we're Christians. It's not because of our intellect. It's not because we've figured out things that other people haven't yet figured out. It's because our God is so good to be gracious toward us, to enliven us and to have us born again. He has opened our blind eyes that we might see The light of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Right, just so you don't miss this. Look at the blessing, the benefit that comes from believing. Adoption. He's given us the right to become children of God. You know, in the first century, under Roman law, if you were adopted as a son, you would receive all the legal rights of a natural born son. So if your family, your father passed away and left you in the state, you would receive all the rights. You would be the heir. And here John's telling us is that when you believe, when you become a Christian, you're born again. You are an adopted son and daughter. And see, when you, you start to, like, think deeply about the doctrine of adoption, it is truly stunning. Like, when you become a child of God, you're in closer to relationship to God than even the angels in heaven. Because Jesus didn't die for the angels. He died for sinful human beings so that we would be brought into the family of faith. We become children of God. That is, we become co heirs with Christ. He is our inheritance and we are his. All that is his becomes ours. Because of the will of God. If you want to go home and ponder more on the the doctrine of adoption, go study Romans 8. Now, Now as I just bring this to conclusion... Everyone must respond to Christ. So if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, the question is, how will you respond to Jesus Christ, the light of the world? Will you believe in his name? Trust in him for salvation. And as Christians, as those who do believe in his name, It's those who are born again. It's those who are adopted children. You remember that your privilege as an adopted son or daughter of God is to go forth and tell. As Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Last week we were thinking about the Great Commission with Harrison. Once again, here's John... It hears John's gospel encouraging us to think about the mission that we've been entrusted. And you know the most amazing thing? Being called to bear witness to Jesus. It's not about us, it's about him. Come follow me and I'll make you disciples. I'll make you fishers of men. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, God gives the Holy Spirit so that we can be his witnesses. From Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God equips us for the task of bearing witness. God goes with us. He is there. He by the Spirit gives us the words to say. The give life and give salvation. And you know, the most amazing thing is that as we go forth and tell, genuinely, you'll never feel more authentically alive. As you hold out the light of the gospel. As people respond to him. So here's a a challenge for us as a church family. As we study John, as we prepare to enter into this amazing gospel. Let's feel the weight of his challenge to be those who bear witness to the light of the world. Let's go forth as God's children and let's tell the world about our elder brother Jesus who did for us what we could have never done for ourselves let's pray oh what a privilege it is to be part of your family God be Adopted because of Trusting in Jesus To know that there's nothing we could ever do That would make you love us any more And there's nothing we could ever do That would make you love us any less To have your favour To have your ear And God today we, we've been filled up In our hearts and minds with the truths About who you are in your son And what you've done And God we pray that as we leave here because you are our magnificent obsession, we would go here overflowing, eager to make you known. God, by your Holy Spirit, please would you provide us with opportunities. Please would you give us the words to say when those opportunities present themselves. Lord, we pray for for, for those who don't yet believe in our family or in our friendship circle or in our offices or those we know through recreational activities. And we pray to you because we are conscious of the fact that salvation belongs to you from first until last. And no one can be saved unless they are born again. Born of the will of God. And so we pray that, Lord, as we go forth and share and make known the gospel, that you would be pleased to be mighty to save. We ask this in your precious and powerful name. Amen.